Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. As you might expect with any holiday week, it's a little bit slower on the news front or the politics front or the global stage front where Joe Biden spent much of last week. But there is a lot of snarkiness and goofiness going on out there and no place more than on Twitter, which I know many of you do not participate in, maybe don't fully care, well, certainly don't care about, or maybe even fully understand. And it doesn't really matter because it's such a silly, you know, Twitter's always reminded me of junior high. You know, junior high was the hardest years of my life. I just thought people were mean. Everybody was just horrible. It was a difficult time. It's awkward. You're going through puberty. You've got all these things going on. It's just, it was just a, for me, it was a terrible time. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't like I lived in some war-torn third world country or something like that. It was just the difficulties of coming of age and being around kids and going through what it was that we went through. That's what Twitter is for adults. They act like they're in the seventh grade. That's, that's literally what Twitter is. They act silly. The only people that really take Twitter seriously are people that call themselves journalists. They think it's this big thing. There are some people in business that think, oh, your business has to be on Twitter. You have to get the word out. You have to do. I've found almost zero correlation between promoting this podcast on Twitter, and I have about 20,000 followers. I've, I've found almost zero correlation of promoting this podcast and doing things on Twitter and building this podcast. Like, I can't, maybe it's helped. Somewhere, somehow, but not very much. And very rarely do I get somebody that comes up and says, hey, I saw you posted this on Twitter or you said this, and I can put some pretty clever things on there from time to time. And I can be a little snarky and I can be critical of a football team or, you know, whatever. Rarely does anybody comment on that. I don't know how many, I I see the numbers on and how many people see it. These are not people that listen to podcasts. I think they're largely people that don't like me. I've heard some people that they're, say that their real entertainment value of Twitter is reading and following people they don't like, why that would roil them up and get them excited, I'm not really sure. But right now, we have an exodus from Twitter, and it's not people, okay? Elon Musk is cleaning out the robots, getting them out of Twitter. And now a bunch of liberal journalists saying they're going to leave, that they're going to be out. Most people's response to that is, no, they're not. They'll be back because they've got so many followers there, and they'll have such egos that they can't stand moving to another platform where they have a fraction of the followers. So I did that. I went to Truth Social, and I started this up when Trump started his deal, and I, I you know, worked hard to try to get followers or whatever, and I don't know what I have, a couple 300 followers or something on Truth Social, not very many. So I don't post there. Hardly ever do I post there. It just, Twitter seems like the place to post. I got 20,000 people I know follow my account. I can see that how many people will, you know, at least engage or have seen the tweet, what it may be. So... I continue to do that, and I feel pretty smart because I waited it out. So I was the conservative guy on wildly left Twitter saying it doesn't matter. These are still people. Let's reach them. Let's try to promote. Let's play the game. Let's do this. I didn't run from it and just say, that's it. I'm out. I'm not doing Twitter anymore. I'm going to Truth Social. I tried a couple other platforms. It didn't take. Twitter is a beast. It's the bee's knees. It's everything uh, as, as far as these platforms go. It's just bigger than all the others. But now on the left, they're coming up with something called Mastodon. I don't know exactly what that is. I assume it's going to be what it looks like is right now is people on the left that are journalists are leaving Twitter 
and going to Mastodon. Now, there's a term for some crazy leftist people on Twitter. They call them hall monitors. And if you remember junior high, we had hall monitors. So again, it goes back to this. Elon Musk is now commenting that if these hall monitors, who are almost all journalists, there's something out there called, um, I don't know, the Mastodon and these different businesses. There's an entire organization of people that are leaving Twitter and they're journalists. And Nate Silver from 538, who's a liberal himself, said, basically, Twitter is a honey trap for hall monitors. And everybody hates the hall monitors. Even the liberals hate the hall monitors, whoever these people are. Instead of Elon Musk can force these people out or not force them out, if these people get so upset that they leave Twitter, this is a liberal saying of other liberals, Elon Musk's, quote, greatest contribution toward the betterment of humanity, unquote, will be getting rid of the hall, mo hall monitors on Twitter. So they're leaving and they're leaving right and left. And I know you're, you're thinking, okay, he's rambling. Where's he going with this story? Jeff Passan from ESPN lives in Kansas City. Jeff Passan used to be on my radio show. Jeff Passan, I think, still does radio pops uh, interviews and stuff in Kansas City on sports radio. He is plugged into Major League Baseball, and he is a hard left committed liberal. Uh, there were some things that we did through the years to compensate him uh, for being a guest on my show, and I enjoyed having him on. He's a very smart baseball guy, and we didn't really talk politics, but I saw baseball differently than he did. As you can imagine, we just have a different worldview of a lot of things, and it was always professional, and we were good. We weren't like great friends outside of you know radio, but I his, his kid came with him one time to the station. We gave him a tour, and we had all kinds of cool autographed items for his son, and we, we were very, very, I think, very kind and, and generous to Jeff Passan through the years. And there was one time we were, gonna, we were compensating with him something in addition to money, and he declined it. And I, I honestly, I completely and honestly forget exactly what it was. I think it had to do with golf in some way, free golf or rounds of golf or something. And it went against his something to be affiliated with that company that owned the golf course or something. And it was a, it was a principal thing and it was a leftist thing. That's what I remember. And I thought, well, okay, well, the man, the man has integrity. There's no question. Jeff Hassan's an outstanding reporter. He's plugged in in all circles of baseball, does a lot of great work for ESPN, and he breaks stories. When Jeff Passan breaks stories, they don't just throw him on ESPN. They throw him on ESPN an hour and a half or sometimes six hours later than he broke the story. He breaks the stories on Twitter. So Jeff Passan this week has told all of his people that follow him on Twitter, and it's a big number, Quote, in case of emergency, break glass, unquote. Again, another junior high reference, which is what Twitter is. It's freaking junior high. We got hall monitors. We got in case of emergency, break glass. We got all the things they taught you in the seventh grade. I mean, this is it. All in one story. It's all junior high is wrapped up into one story here with Twitter. Jeff Passan announces he's going to leave Twitter eventually. Not yet. But from now on, when he has breaking stories, they're going to be on Instagram. So go follow me now on Instagram. And when I break baseball stories, that's where they will be is on Insta. So he's trying to build up his Instagram followers. And my guess is if he ever gets to the same number he has with Twitter, he'll just dump Twitter entirely. But you see, even in a statement like this, like Passon's just got to be out of it. Look, we know people like this. This doesn't make Jeff Passon a bad guy. He's a good guy. 
He's a family man. He's raising a family. He's good at his job. He's got a lot of great qualities. But there's this one little genetic defect in liberals that is just unbelievable to me, that they just completely lose sight of something so obvious to the rest of us. I mean, for me, almost as obvious as the sky is blue, the sun is coming up, the world has males and females, and you need both to have children. You know, obvious things that really aren't debatable. There's something so obvious to me about Twitter that where Passon gets caught up in what he's doing here is that one little piece of DNA, that one little screw loose in a liberal's head that cannot allow them to think straight because they still have Trump derangement syndrome or something going on that they just can't get, they can't shake. He says it's not stable. There's instability at Twitter. He doesn't blast Musk. He doesn't say, I'm going to Instagram because I hate Elon Musk. He's not going to be political. He's not going to let everybody, but he's virtue signaling that he's a liberal because he's going to, this is the worst way. It'd be better if he just blasted Musk and said, this site's a piece of crap. I hate this guy. I'm moving on. That would be cool. No. He's saying, if you want breaking news, you better follow me on Instagram because that's where I'm putting it. But I'm going to stay here on Twitter. And when I write a story, I'll still post it here and hope people click on it and read it. Not breaking news, but my regular stories that I write. So his argument for in case of emergency, break glass. His argument is here, the instability of Twitter. Hassan argues, I don't know whether this is going to be here or not. He's saying he doesn't know if Twitter's going to survive. And this is, there, there's always this moment where if you're conservative and you hear a liberal say something, this light bulb goes off. And I think to myself, my God, this is one of the smartest people I know. Jeff Passon is a really, really smart guy. And he's really good at what he does. Again, he's a fine man and husband and dad and family person, all these things. But you get so caught up in this liberal pot of whatever, stew, that you can't see the forest for the trees. So I would simply ask Mr. Passon if I had him on, you think... The richest man in the world just spent $44 million to buy Twitter and he's going to just let it go away. It's just going to dissolve. There's instability. It Twitter's going to be gone. Do you think Elon Musk spent $44 billion to dissolve Twitter and it's just going to go away? That's his argument. And that's what these liberals are saying. This is not a stable platform anymore. We don't know the future of this platform. We don't know. And in Passon's case, he said, I'm not sure if it's going to be here tomorrow or not. So I got to build my followers over at Insta. I'm calling Jeff Passon out right now because that's BS. That's complete garbage. That is complete garbage. He knows Twitter's going to be here. He knows how big it is. And he knows the richest man in the world doesn't spend $44 billion to have a company just go away. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You don't know if Twitter's going to be here tomorrow. That's just insane. There's, if he really truly believes that, there's something wrong. Okay, I think he's merely hiding from the fact that he doesn't want to come out and upset all the conservatives that follow him and say, Musk is a fraud, he sucks, I'm out of here, I'm a leftist, I hate Twitter now. I think that's what he's grappling with. He knows of his hundreds of thousands of followers or whatever it is, that half of them are Republicans. He knows that. And if he does this anti-Musk, anti-Twitter thing, then they're going to smell this. They'll smell the rat. Well, let me smell the rat for you. Here's how you can smell a rat. It stinks when somebody says, I'm not sure if this platform will be here tomorrow. This is what they do. 
This is their way out. I'm going to build up my Insta followers so I can get off Twitter. What he wants is his cake and eat it too. He's hoping everybody will follow him on Instagram so he can get off Twitter. However, I do not think his employer, ESPN, will allow him to get off Twitter. This will be very interesting to see what happens with media organizations. Does Disney Corporation, and it is Disney, now that Bob Iger is back as the CEO, he came back this week in a shocking announcement. Bob Chapek, you know, ran the company into the ground. Iger is back, but he's a committed liberal too. Are they going to tell all their media companies underneath them, ABC, ESPN, and others, are they going to tell them all and everybody that reports to them, you don't have to use Twitter anymore. It's your option. Are, is that going to be their corporate policy? Because if they do, watch the leftists at Disney run for the hills from Twitter. But remember, in almost all of their contracts, all of their personal service contracts, if you're George Stephanopoulos or Jeff Passan or anybody that works at these formats, for the most part, unless you're like the biggest big rig of all, maybe Michael Strahan doesn't have to do this, something like that. It's part of your employment agreement that the content that you produce will be put on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all these other platforms, that you will send it everywhere. And that is part of your daily job. It is in your personal services contract. So I'm not sure, unless an editor or somebody way high up at ESPN allowed Jeff Passan to leave Twitter, I'm not sure he could. He's trying to move his people to Instagram, and that apparently is where he's going to break the stories, but he isn't leaving Twitter. And if you're sitting there saying the richest man in the world spent $44 billion and you're not sure this platform is going to be there, I can't help you, man. I just can't help you. Okay, Black Friday is coming up this Friday, and I know why they call it Black Friday. It just doesn't sound right to me. Such a lovely holiday as Thanksgiving. But anyway, a lot of people will be shopping. And my buddy Chris over at B-Stock sent me some doozies here. If you're looking for electronics this holiday season, it is bstock.net. And please tell your friends and family on Thanksgiving Day about B-Stock. Anybody that's looking for a laptop, they have hundreds of laptops under $500 at B-Stock, 14680 South Flaming Road. Any Windows laptop with 8th generation or 9th generation processor is sold at cost right now. There's tons of them. At cost, they'll show you the invoice. They don't make a nickel. They're going to sell them at cost to you. They are also taking Sony televisions through this weekend. All Sony TVs are sold at cost. You pay exactly what they paid to get them. They just have to go. They're going to show you the invoice and get it out the door. These are brand new Sony televisions, the gold standard of televisions, at cost. Bstock.net, they've never done this. They're doing it through the weekend for Black Friday, 14680 South Flaming Road. And of course, anywhere you live, I got an email from a guy in the Netherlands this week. You want a laptop, they'll ship it to you, man. Any, any, any smaller item, they'll, they'll ship you TV too. Not the cheapest thing in the world to ship a tele television, but, you know, take the slow boat. They'll get it there and make it affordable. They'll find a way. But if you're looking for a laptop or anything of that nature, online, bstock.net, they will ship it anywhere. Black Friday. Oh, Jocelyn's Jewelry. Friday's a great day, guys, to take your lady to Jocelyn's Jewelry. Say, you know what? What a great holiday weekend. Let's go get something sparkly. Let's go pick something out. 95th and Antioch. They're online at joslinsjewelry.com. Please say hello to Cameron when you go in there or Gary. If he's there. Gary's there Wednesdays and Saturdays, I believe. So if you go in Saturday, you might see Mr. Joslin himself. Dave, Cameron, Jos, any of them. Mention my name. It can't hurt. It just can't hurt. Let them know Kevin sent you. They're going to treat you like family either way, though. That's just the way it works. Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. 360 Document Solutions online at 360 documentsolutions.com. 
Hey, this is Mark Lindquist's company, and he is something else. He can help your company be more profitable. Dump those expensive copiers and all that HP toner. Oof, if you got HP products, out the door they go. Too expensive. They'll get you out of your leases. Copiers, printers, KIP, black and white, color-wide format, IT solutions, mail systems, phone systems. They have it all at 360documentsolutions.com. If your business is in Missouri or Kansas, they'll come right to you. they got offices all over the state. 913-745-5344, 360documentsolutions.com. Okay, uh, this is a small little footnote to today's podcast. I'm not going to belabor this one at all, but I keep seeing things pop up that say, such and such is back in full return, or such and such is the back for the first time in two years. If there's a story being reported right now that the Nutcracker returns this year in December, a full return of the Nutcracker, they are signaling to you that they are stupid and they shut everything down for way too long that they botched COVID. Anytime you read a story right now that something is returning in full, they botched it. We can complain about sports all we want, but sports pretty much kept playing, right? We lost the NBA. Sports figured out a way to get back out and play pretty quickly from COVID and all that stuff. So I just am amazed. that I can't believe I'm still, like I've forgotten COVID-19. I have completely, I know some people are just, totally hooked on the news and want to see it and read about it. I have forgotten about COVID. I've forgotten that it even happened. It's a part of my life that on my deathbed, I hope I don't remember one second of, to be honest, because I just think we screwed the pooch really bad. I think we did a lot of things really horribly, and I think we're going to pay for decades. I think we're going to see all kinds of illnesses and deaths go up as time goes by from people taking the shot, the experimental jab. I think it's going to be especially, I just, my personal belief, I'm telling you, I believe it's going to be especially bad for today's kids that got vaccinated. Oh, not vaccinated. The ones that got jabbed, they jabbed an experimental medicine in children in this country, and there's no way that ends well. It just can't. For over an illness that doesn't hurt kids. So I've got strong beliefs over where we're headed over the next couple decades. I don't think it's going to be real pretty. And I think the data is going to be very, very clear. So I'd rather just forget it. So why they write these stories and come forward with all these things, the nutcracker returns in full for the first time. Like you're just signaling to the rest of us that you're a dumbass. The nutcracker people are stupid. These are the people that like the coffin center, right? They're, they're the crazoids that held on till the very end. Y'all are crazy. You're crazy. You missed the memo. Okay. Jeez. If you see something, so we're returning in full. That's, that's a pretty much a signal that they botched it. They're trying to make you think, okay, we've now declared it safe. Thank you. Thank you for declaring it safe now, and I can go to the nutcracker, idiots. Not as bad a week as CBS News is having. CBS News is having a bad week, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, they said they were going to take a break from Twitter because they don't like Elon Musk. Day and a half later, they were back on Twitter. They couldn't do it. They watched the number of their stories read and clicks on their videos go down so dramatically in 36 hour. Their, their Twitter hiatus, because they don't like Elon Musk, was 36 hours long, folks. And what they watched was their company start to crumble in 36 hours. Because nobody watches the CBS Evening News. Nobody watches that stuff anymore. 
You may come across something on Twitter and click it and see a story. That's what they're in it for. They're all just clickbait now. Everybody's joined the clickbait. That's all, that's all it is. And so CBS was like, oh, yeah, we're taking a stand here. We don't like Elon. And then they went, holy crap, look at our numbers today. Like, it must have been a fraction. They must have gotten like a third as many reads and downloads as normal, not being on Twitter and promoting it or something. Because, you know, these things, they've got giant mailer lists. We're talking about inboxes now, not just blasting something out there on Twitter. I don't try very hard on Twitter. I should. I should. I should send notifications. I should do Twitter polls. You know, that's easy. A yes or no question. Will the Chiefs win? Yes or no? Oh, gosh, I'll get hundreds of people vote on that. I could do that. What's the point of that? What's the point of me doing that? Will the Chiefs win? Yes or no? With my Twitter followers. Hundreds of people. 90% say yes. Ooh, that's interesting content. But this is what they do. And so CBS stayed off Twitter for about 36 hours. And that was just the beginning of their trouble. Then they did a story with Catherine Herridge, who is, I guess, like a, she's been sort of a Pentagon kind of reporter, Washington insider. Maybe she used to be on Fox News. Um, I feel bad for her that she did this story because I, I feel like they made her do this story. 769 days after the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden laptop story and confirmed it, New York Post confirmed that it was his laptop. 769 days ago, CBS now has confirmed the laptop is real. 769 days later, CBS agrees with the New York Post. Now, this is, of course, after the GOP won the House and said they will investigate Hunter Biden. They have to be on record now as saying it's legit. So they had to do the story. Trump famously brawled with Leslie Stahl in October before the election in 2020, Leslie Stahl of CBS was like, it can't be verified. How can you even be bringing up the Hunter Biden thing? How could you, this, this can't be verified. It can't be verified. Trump says it is verified. It's verified by the New York Post. Imagine the, the stupid reports we got of the peeing on the bed thing in Russia and the Ukrainian phone call and all these things were leaked to somebody who leaked them to somebody who leaked them to somebody that then put a report out there on CNN, and then every other media outlet said, CNN cites a source that this and this and this. The New York Post reported as a front-page story. We've got Hunter Biden's laptop, and it's unbelievable. His dad's involved. It was reported and verified by the New York Post. And CBS, and no, none of these others, CNN, none of them would say, even just say, according to the New York Post. You don't have to verify it in independently to run the story. That's not what media outlets do anymore. CBS News has been running around for 769 days, airing other stories that other outlets verified that they did not independently verify. These people are so dishonest and disgusting and despicable. And I feel bad for Catherine Herridge that she had to do this story, but go back and watch the Leslie Stahl interview with Donald Trump. It's amazing. She should apologize. CBS owes an apology to Donald Trump. And Leslie Stahl owes a personal note or a phone call. I don't know if the president would take her call. Owes a personal call or a, a, a note or something to Donald Trump, apologizing for the way she treated him as the sitting president of the United States running for re-election, arguing him that it's not verified, the Hunter Biden story. And now 769 days later, CBS is on board and they verified it. What a fraudulent, fraudulent outfit. Our final news story before we get to sports is one that 
is a little savory. It's a little adult. Just to give you a warning, it's a little adult. I will not use adult language here, but it's an adult story. Because the adult is an 18-year-old Romanian girl. Woman, sorry, she's 18. Oh, and she's a model. And she's on Insta, and she's everywhere. She's beautiful. Her name is Alexandra Kefron. She's 18 years old. And she got an idea from a book she read or something somewhere. And then she contacted a company. And she has decided that modeling is good. It's been lucrative. She has big plans. This, this young lady has big plans. She wants to go to Oxford. She's going to study business. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's going to take over the world. And she has a great idea for the seed money to get started. Now, we've talked about the LSU gymnast that made $2 million this year in NIL as a college gymnast. Pictures on the internet, social media, endorsements. She's doing a nutritional thing. I saw there was a commercial of her during college basketball or college football over the weekend where she has this line of sweatpants or something. It's not her line. She's just doing the commercials for them. Everybody knows her now. If you're famous, you make money off of it. That's just the way it works. So the LSU gymnast got famous, and she's making all this money, and I think that's great. In Romania, no such opportunity. So Alexandra Kefron, who won the gene lottery and is just beautiful and smart and is going to Oxford, she's qualified to go to Oxford. That's pretty darn good, right? She decided that she's going to need some money to do all this, so she contacted a company called Cinderella Escorts, and this woman is selling her virginity and already has an offer for $2.5 million. One time. One time. $2.5 million is where it is. Cinderella Escorts is trying to get her more, but they've got, I think, some Russian oligarch or something. She has to agree to it. It's not a set thing. You know, she's going to have, they're going to vet the person and she has to agree to it. Her parents aren't very happy with her, uh, but it's not a deal breaker for them. They're like, we wish she wasn't doing this, but I, I think they're probably thinking, two and a half million already is what she's being offered? Like what? Less than an hour's work? Maybe have a glass of wine first? I, I, I don't know what they're, I don't know, I don't know how the arrangement will work. Sold selling. She has an offer. For two and a half, which she clearly is going to take if she doesn't get a bigger offer. She's selling her virginity. Two and a half million dollars so she can go to Oxford and study business. I used to say, what a country. What a planet we live on now. This planet is getting really small. KKHI is brought to you by Back9 Development. Online at back9development.com. TJ Vilkanskis and his team. Man, they can do it all. They can build you a gorgeous custom home. They're building one, finishing one out in Lansing right now. They do commercial properties, room additions, businesses, condominiums. Solheim at Grandmere, a smashing success on the golf course. Hey, TJ, how about some golf course condos here in KC? Oh, that might go. Let's see if we can get some golf course condos here with Back9 Development. If you're interested in building, if you're interested in developing, if you have a business idea, contact TJ at 785-236-0161, back9development.com. The Finch Knife Company, this is great. I mentioned the Netherlands earlier this week. I mentioned that Spencer over at Finch Knife Company says they have a new knife called Reciprocity. It's a clever name for it. It comes from Clear and Present Danger, the book, the movie. And the the new pocket knives they have at Finch, the 
series is called Reciprocity. They're gorgeous knives. You're going to love them. But Spencer sent me an email and says, I meant to mention this earlier this week. It's been so nuts around here. We picked up a dealer in the Netherlands, and they're selling Finch pocket knives. We're releasing the newest design to dealers right now. Here's the skinny. It's called Reciprocity. The second I mentioned it, a guy that lives in the Netherlands listens to KKHI. I think he's originally from here. I don't know why he lives in the Netherlands. I haven't gotten that far. He emailed me and said, I want to go get one of those knives in the Netherlands. Where do I go? I said, dude, I don't know. I don't have the, I don't have the retail location in the Netherlands. So I linked Spencer in on the email with a listener we have in the Netherlands. I have I've listeners in 50 countries maybe, all 50 states and 50 countries. And it's not a lot. Like I'll see, um, although I, you know what? I hit number one. I was Apple Podcasts number one. Last week we had a day. We had the number one sports podcast in Bulgaria. I don't know what it was. It was like 150 people or something. Listen to one of the podcasts in Bulgaria. And it, it, I think of American podcasts. It hit number one on Apple's chart for that country that day. I'm big in Bulgaria, baby. I don't know who's over there. Maybe it's people on a mission or something. I, I, I don't know, but I just, I love it. I'm happy to have them. I'm thrilled to have them. Maybe they're just Chiefs fans. I don't know. Could be a lot of things, but we got a, we got a patron. I mean, this guy's a patron. He's into the podcast. He lives in the Netherlands. He says, I got to get my Finch pocket knife. I cut Spencer on the email. I said, can you help him out? He goes, yeah. And he sent it right back to him where it was and the whole thing. Awesome stuff. Finchknifeco.com is the website. Uh, the Bluemont Hotel and Goolsby's will be rocking this weekend. Oh, my. A lot of Kansas fans got rooms at the Bluemont Hotel when they started winning earlier this year. They're excited for the game, and it turns out it's a night game. So it's going to be great to have that hotel room Saturday night after the K-State KU game. Pretty cool stuff. Go into Goolsby's, get yourself a cold one in there, stay at the Bluemont Hotel. If you have a convention or business meetings of any kind, the Bluemont Hotel is one of a kind in Manhattan. Truly, it's locally owned and operated. It's not a cookie cutter. It's not one of those corporate little things with, with powdered eggs for breakfast. No, it's the Bluemont Hotel and Goolsby's. You're going to love it in Manhattan. Okay, on to sports. In the United States, law, well, I say they lost. They tied 1-1 in the World Cup, but to me it was a loss. They're up one nothing. They blow this in the 82nd minute by committing a stupid penalty and allowing Gareth Bale a penalty kick, and Bale hits it for Wales. Bale nails for Wales. There's all kinds of things you can do here. Um, that's a loss. Wales has 3.1 million people. It's about the size of Phoenix, Arizona. And we can't beat them. After leading 1-0. United States plays England on Friday. England scored six goals in their first game. Have you ever heard of anybody scoring six goals? United States in trouble, folks. Remember, we're so bad at soccer. Well, there's two. There's two. If Kansas City is Soccer City USA, you know we're bad at soccer. <laughs> right? I mean, if this is like the epicenter of soccer, they were showing the fans at the Power and Light District yesterday during the World Cup game on Fox. Look at these people in Kansas City. Yeah. I don't know how we became this, but we are. We're not good. I'm a truth teller. United States is not good at soccer. Not men's soccer. Good at women's soccer. But remember, in women's soccer, there's a couple hundred countries around the world that don't let women play sports. So, you know, it's a little easier that way. And you don't lose all your players to the NFL and the NBA and all that. So for women, it's different in this country. Our talent pool is too small. I've said this for... Years and years and years. When Wales has more talent 
in the entire United States in soccer, you know your best athletes are playing other sports and never played soccer. In Wales, everyone plays soccer. So this is bad. This is going to be ugly Friday. I have, I have almost no hope for the United States against England on Friday, and soccer fan down at Power and Light will cry in their beer, and they'll be very sad, and they'll take this all so seriously, like it's such a big deal that we have to prove to the rest of the world we're great because we're good at soccer. Now, we've been pretty much good at wars. We're slipping in that area. We're slipping, but I feel like we could have a really good comeback on that if we needed to. If the electorate got serious about such a thing, we'd have a real nice comeback. I'll take the uh, World War I and World War II victories over any of this soccer stuff. But this thing's a mess. It's a... It's a United States soccer's a mess. I don't know what they can do about it. And these guys make millions of dollars. My God, they're paying them like they're paying people elsewhere around the world. But it's like we just don't know what we're doing. And it was painful. I watched, and it was just hard to watch. It was just hard to watch. It was, it, they didn't play inspired. And you wait... Eight years to play. Remember, we weren't good enough four years to be in the World Cup. We were so crappy four years ago, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. So at least we qualified this time and then had a team in Wales. I don't think Wales had been there in 50 years. Like, they haven't been there in forever. You can't beat that outfit? (laughs) Not good at soccer, United States. Not good. Not good. We are good at football, real football. Real American football, we're really good at. Chiefs and Chargers got a huge rating on Sunday night. So did Yellowstone week two. It is estimated that some 35 million people watched either the Chiefs, Chargers, or Yellowstone, which is interesting because it was up against ABC's American Music Awards, which none of you watched, none of you knew was happening, and which the only reason I knew it happened is there was a meme on Twitter of Doja Cat, who is an artist of some sort, I can't name a song, Doja Cat, Doja Cat, that's that's her her name, Doja Doja Cat, dressed up as a worm. Doja Cat dressed up as a worm on ABC, and this was the entertainment they were putting up against Patrick Mahomes and Kevin Costner. (laughs) We make too big a deal out of some of these singers and stuff. They can't compete in in so many areas. It's just a non-factor. The American Music Awards on ABC, their biggest awards night of the year on ABC, 3.2 million viewers. Chiefs, Chargers, and Yellowstone had at least 35 million combined. It's estimated it could have been over 40 million combined. Earlier this year, a Sunday Night Football game got 29 million viewers alone. So Sunday Night Football can do 10 to 1 of what the American Music Awards do. Yellowstone got 14.7 million last week. So I think we're looking at 40-plus million people were watching the Chiefs and Yellowstone on Sunday night, and 3.3 million people were watching Doja Cat dressed as a worm. And that restores my faith in humanity. Restores my belief in the American people. That over 40 million people would be watching the Chiefs or Yellowstone, and nobody's watching Doja Cat dressed as a worm. I'm very happy with this. Chiefs after the game went to Twitter and trolled the Chargers. It's a little risky because I guess there's a chance you could still meet in the playoffs. Chiefs been known to do this. You've heard about the blue check marks on Twitter. It's not important to know what a blue check mark is. It's, an, it's, an, it's a status symbol for liberal celebrities and journalists. They want a blue check mark that says, I'm famous, I'm verified, it's really me. I'm Oprah Winfrey, this is me. 
I'm Dan Rather. This is me. It verifies you. A blue check mark. It verifies that's who this is. This is a real person of, of fame. Basically, it's your famous. It's a celebrity check mark. Elon Musk is now selling those for $8 a month, and anybody can get one. <laughs> I don't have one. I've never tried to get one. I don't see the point. Um, but if, it, if I thought it would make people mad that I had one, maybe I should get one. But they will put up, like, if I want to just buy mine, I think there's some sort of disclaimer if you click on my header or something that says he bought his. You know, he's not really famous. There's some, there's some sort of differentiating between the two. Well, the Chiefs took to Twitter after beating the Chargers, and they showed their Twitter headline page, their Twitter page, and it had the blue check mark. And the Chiefs wrote, the Chargers only have a blue check mark because they paid for it. <laughs> In other words, the other 31 NFL teams are verified, but not the Chargers. Pretty funny. Pretty funny if you're liberal and if you love Twitter and if you really, really, really love your blue check mark. My God, you love your blue check mark. Oh, gosh. If I only had a blue check mark. It's so comical. And in some ways, I feel bad for a lot of these people because we're in the same industry, but they all work for these big corporations. And it's such groupthink working for these corporations. And I got to be liberal and I got to be my check mark and I got to do all this. And I'm like, damn, if you only knew how much more satisfying. It would be to start your own company, work for yourself, and do it with complete freedom of editorial control. You wouldn't give two spits about having a blue check mark by your name. It just is not important. It's just not important. I wish more people, even liberals, I wish more people in my business would get the hell out of their corporate jobs and start their own thing and just tear down the whole system. In a way, some ways, social media is doing that. I mean, social media is creating its own stars, but these aren't generally people who understand journalism. They're mostly just bomb throwers or pretty women that are doing this. But I, 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 I absolutely love and respect, have no problem for any of these people that are getting famous off being good-looking or fun or interesting or making videos, whatever they do. Just know, as you're getting into this business, young people, it comes with a price. If you're too attractive and you get too many followers, you don't know what kind of nut jobs are out there obsessing about you all the time, 24-7. And we see that happen, and that's not healthy. That's not good. You lose your anonymity, you lose it. You lose it to all on the interwebs. Way to go, Chiefs. Big win. Huge win. Rams coming to town. What a sad sack outfit the Rams are. What the heck happened to them? Super Bowl champs will not make the playoffs this year. They're 3-7 and seven right now. Chiefs are a huge favorite in this game. I kind of want to go to the game, and I looked at ticket prices. I'm like, yuck. Ugh. We've got some friends live down at the lake, and they're coming up for the weekend, and they're going to a game. It's the only one this year, and they have two tickets. And I looked at tickets, and I'm like, okay, Jessica, is this going to be our Christmas presents? Because I can't believe how expensive the Chiefs tickets are. I used to get paid to go to the games. It's hard for me. It's a hard thing for me to spend money on. Been to thousands of games free. Paid to go to thousands of games over 36 years. I don't know. I'll see if I can figure it out. That's, that's, that's me on the home front trying to figure that one out, folks. We'll see how we get that solved. Oh, Tom Watson, Hall of Fame golfer, wrecked his go-kart at his farm in Kansas. Did you see that story? Tom Watson is 73. He's got ATVs. He's got horses. He's got a go-kart, and he was out karting. He must have a little track of some sort, and he rolled it. And he rolled it over on his shoulder, his left shoulder, and jacked it up pretty good, flew to New Orleans, Tulane University Hospital, 
where the doctor there is the most renowned shoulder surgeon apparently in the world, did a complete shoulder replacement for him. And he put a picture of himself in the hospital bed on social media. Tom Watson will miss the father-son tournament next month. And the big question is now, will he be able to be a first tee starter at the Masters in April? Last year, for the first time, they, they take the oldest Masters champions living that can still hit a golf ball, two or three of them typically, and have them hit a ball off the first tee on Thursday while it's almost still dark to start the tournament. It's a really cool tradition, and Watson did that for the first time at age 72, and he was expected to do it again this year. I would, I would think, since it's a ceremonial shot, he could almost go up there and hit a little sandwich if he wanted to, or one-arm it with the right hand. He could do, you could do a lot of things Tom Watson could do. That's still five months away. I think he'll probably have a chance to swing a club at that point. We'll see. We wish him the very best. I give this guy all the credit in the world, man. He loves his horses. He loves his ranch. He loves his go-karts. He loves still playing a little bit of golf, but not that much competitive golf. He likes being Tom Watson. He's earned it. He worked very, very hard in his career. He's overcome a lot of things, a lot of personal demons and things. I'm a big Tom Watson fan, man. I'm a big, big Tom Watson fan. Best of luck, Tom, with the shoulder reconstruction and recovery. Wish you the very, very best. KKHI is brought to you by Advanced Termite and Pest Control. Online at AdvantageTPC.com. That's Advantage Termite and Pest Control. 913. 768-8989, AdvantageTPC.com. Vantage Termite Pest Control is the only pest control company I've ever had, ever. Uh, Aaron and his team are fantastic. It's time to make the switch. Advantage Termite and Pest Control, AdvantageTPC.com. Anywhere, not just the Kansas City metro area, but within, you know, reasonable distance outside of town too. They hit a lot of those areas as well. AdvantageTPC.com. Amazing garage floors. Oh, the customer service that Heather is dialing up here has just exceeded John's customer service. We're getting emails right and left from customers at Amazing Garage Floors that the amazing part actually speaks about Heather, not John. John's a great patriot, good dude. I've talked about him for years. I know him well enough and can tease him now about this. That really, I think it is Amazing Garage Floors because Heather's amazing. She is amazing. You guys are sending me the emails about how great Heather was to work with. AmazingGarageFloors.net. You still have a few weeks left here with this nicer weather to seal your driveway before the salt and sand comes from those trucks in the winter. So get that done and take care of your concrete or make plans for a brand new garage floor, amazinggaragefloors.net. And of course, Window World, simply the best for less, is the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, the title sponsor of KKHI. They will give you a free estimate. All you got to do is give them a jingle and they will send a very, very kind customer service rep out to take a look at what you need whether it's one window or a dozen windows or a whole house. 816-799-0820. Anywhere in Kansas, Missouri, Iowa. Simply the best for less. J.D. Power and Associates Customer Satisfaction Award again this year. Online at windowskansascity.com. KUK State, as I mentioned, is Saturday night, 7 o'clock on Big Fox. I like the cats in this one. I think they're going to score a bunch of points. They're averaging 48 points a game when Will Howard starts. KU just gave up what in their last two games? A hundred and some in their last two. Their run defense was dreadful on Saturday against Texas. Now, I think B. John Robinson's a better running back than Deuce Vaughn. That's going to get me in trouble with a lot of K-State fans, but I just think it's true. I, I, it reminds me of Kareem Hunt. He's got a burst. He sees the hole, and you can't tackle him. He's just a beast. So there's a little combination of, of Kareem Hunt and Derrick Henry 
in Bijan Robinson, and KU just was completely outmatched. They just have anybody. They didn't have enough size to bring him to the ground. So that won't completely be the issue against Kansas State, but K-State should be able to run the ball very well on KU. Will Howard's just been dropping dimes. The weather looks great. I mean, KU's best chance would be if it was like rainy and 30-mile-an-hour winds and all that stuff. And I don't know what Jalen Daniels will bring, but Stan Weber made a very interesting point on yesterday's podcast that the first time back in the lineup after injury is really hard. The second time back feels pretty normal. It sounds like Jalen Daniels is going to play for Kansas on Saturday night. He was dreadful in this game on Saturday, but he didn't. He really looked like they brought him back too early. They told him he couldn't run. He never scrambled. So that part of his game was gone, and that is a huge part of his game, getting out of the pocket and throwing, getting out of the pocket and running. Such a big part of KU's offense when Daniels is playing. So we'll see what that looks like on Saturday. Lance Leipold said after Monday's practice, okay, he showed him the tape on Sunday, said, look how bad we are, guys. He said Monday's practice, quote, was one of the best Monday practices we've had in a long, long time around here. So he got their attention. He said they've bought in. They think this week is important, not just because it's Kansas State. He said we need to carry our end of this rivalry beginning this week. But there is a massive difference between 6-6 six and six and 7-5, and five, and everyone knows that. So I think K-State will get KU's best effort. But, man, I'm telling you, there's no motivation necessary for the Wildcats. They win, they're going to the Big 12 championship game. There is a scenario here where this game is a flop on Saturday night. If Texas loses on Friday, K-State's in either way. If Texas loses to Baylor on Friday, K-State will sit around for 36 hours as Big 12 champs. And they may, uh, all bets are off at that point. Seriously. What, what do the boys do Friday night? Break curfew? Hey, we're in the title game? I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. How do you, how do you get fired up all week for this game and know that you're going to be playing for a Big 12 title, and then all of a sudden you're in? You're in the game because Texas lost. That's possible. I don't think that's going to happen. Texas is a pretty big favorite. They're playing at home. Baylor's been dreadful the last couple of weeks, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Texas is tough. Texas can be really tough when Bijan gets it going. Uh, there you have it, KKHI for this holiday week on Tuesday. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Please think about sharing with your friends, relatives that you'll spend time with this week around the holidays that you've heard about this podcast or you listen to this podcast and they might like it. Maybe grab their iPhone, show them how to hit the subscribe button, or just generally say if you like the Chiefs, you like sports, if you're conservative, you're going to love this podcast, ditch the static EAM radio, it's time to Bluetooth in your car, you can do this. Pretty good way to go. I'd appreciate you telling somebody. If you just told one person, I'd be honored and very much appreciative of that. So thank you so much. We will have, I think, a regular podcast tomorrow, and then we'll have a Lee Sterling's picks for the weekend. Then on Friday, I think it's going to be very special. I've already done the interview it's another one of our listeners that is an author that's written a book. And this is a really interesting story. He's an engineer in Topeka. And he's written a book about an engineer that sort of becomes like a cop hero because of a catastrophe. You're going to love it. You're going to love this interview and the story of this book. And the opportunity to buy this book for the holidays, if you'd like, is really cool. I think three or four times we've had listeners on that have written books. I love that. I think that's really, really cool. So I think you're going to enjoy that immensely on Friday. I'll put it either up late Thursday night or early Friday morning, but we'll have a really, really fun interview podcast for you on Friday. We'll get all the football previews out of the way before Thanksgiving Day because there's games there, so we'll have that for you on Wednesday right here at KKHI.
Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 